Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. What lurks in the darkness? Some call it the most terrifying building in America. Today, we're talking about Waverly Hill Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. The five-story hospital sits on top of a hill and was initially intended as a place where those who were suffering with the life-threatening tuberculosis could come and recover. And some did. After their stay at Waverly, many were able to walk out that front door back to their lives and their families. But others did not. And it appears the pain and suffering of so many souls left a permanent mark on Waverly Hills. It's widely regarded as one of the scariest and most haunted places ever. Spirits and shadows linger around every corner at Waverly. Enter if you dare should be the official slogan for this place. But how did Waverly Hills go from a serene and secluded Louisville hospital to one of the most feared spots in the nation? This is Avery After Dark, and I'm your host, Avery Ross. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be a spooky and anticipated part of your week. I get so many messages saying that you look forward to episodes, and I've got to say, I love that. I have each and every one of you in mind as I write all of these episodes. It's all for you. You all know on Avery After Dark, I like to get right into the story. So without further ado, let's crack open the case files on today's haunting. Learning about Waverly Hills is like a trip to the land of nightmares, and it's been one of the most frequently requested stories. In the past few weeks, I've gotten so many messages wanting an episode about Waverly Hills, so you asked for it, and I'm giving it to you. Construction on Waverly Hills began in 1908, and on July 26, 1910, it opened in Kentucky as a place to treat patients of tuberculosis. This scary and very contagious plague for which no cure existed, claimed entire families and sometimes entire towns. In the 19th century, tuberculosis, then known as consumption, killed as many as one in seven people in the United States. It was characterized by drenching night sweats, persistent coughing, lack of appetite, fatigue, and swollen extremities. Tuberculosis was referred to as the plague of all plagues. It's a bacterial infection contracted by breathing in air containing Mycobacterium tuberculosis. They called it TB, or the White Plague, and it would essentially eat away at the lungs. In 1900, Louisville, Kentucky had one of the highest tuberculosis death rates in America. That warm Kentucky atmosphere was a perfect breeding ground for the infection. So the sanatorium opened in the midst of a widespread epidemic. People needed places to go, get treated, and recover in solitude. It sat on top of a hill in a quiet area of town, and they designed it to be a place where people could recover while also quarantining away from crowded areas. 
and at the time was considered one of the most advanced tuberculosis sanatoriums in the entire country. But the harsh reality was, there was no cure for TB. So inside Waverly Hills walls, they attempted to help the patients as much as they could. But Waverly was really a place to keep those who had come down with the disease away from those who had not. Families were divided. Even children were forced into the sanitariums with often little to no contact with their loved ones. TB was highly contagious. So the hospital became a self-sufficient entity, an island unto itself. Waverly Hills became its own little town in a way. They had their own post office, raised animals, grew their own food. Essentially, when you were admitted to Waverly or you were on the staff there, you were completely disconnected from the outside world. On October 17, 1926, as tuberculosis took over the nation, a renovation was added to Waverly in a distinctively Gothic architectural design. This would accommodate the overflow of the sick. Up to 500 patients could now fit inside Waverly. And with the overwhelming amount of people being admitted, doctors, staff at Waverly, were trying anything to help. Treatment methods then would be deemed absolutely insane in this century, but at the time, they didn't know. And there were brutal treatments for this unforgiving disease. And these treatments were sometimes as painful as the disease itself. Patients' lungs were exposed to ultraviolet light to try and stop the spread of bacteria. This was done in sunrooms, using artificial light in place of sunlight, or on the roof or open porches of the hospital. Lung operations or collapsing of the lung were performed to let the lung rest. As I mentioned, fresh air was thought to be a cure for TB, so it wasn't uncommon for these hospitals to wheel out sickly patients still in their beds and sit them outside, even in the depths of winter. So think about already being sick, feeling really bad, and then having to sit out in the cold. Old photographs show patients lounging in chairs, taking in the fresh air while literally covered in snow. That blows my mind. Another method they used was electroshock therapy. As when the infection would spread to the brain, this rendered some patients insane. These experimental therapies were not pleasant for patients in any way, shape, or form, but were doctors' attempts to help the patients. Those who survived tuberculosis and the treatments left through the front door, but others never got to leave the hospital. As we know, many died at Waverly Hills. The exact number is unknown, but it's been estimated in the tens of thousands. If you'd like to get an idea of how horrific it was at Waverly Hills, the hospital contained a designated area called the body chute, which is exactly what it sounds like. A tunnel used as a way to discreetly dispose of the deceased. This tunnel for the dead is about 500 feet long and the chute would drop off at the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. And it was done in this way so that others wouldn't see how many were leaving the hospital deceased. Doctors believed patients' mental health was just as important as their physical health. So they didn't want them to see how bad it really was. But everyone knew. TB treatments really advanced in the early 1960s, and antibiotics for the disease were developed, and thus the world didn't need places like Waverly Hills anymore. Those medical advances put places like this out of business, and Waverly Hills closed its doors in 1961, reopening the following year as a nursing home. 
called Woodhaven Geriatric Sanitarium, where it went on to serve patients until it closed again in 1981. In 1983, some officials wanted to turn the abandoned sanatorium into a prison that could hold up to 500 inmates. But locals, Kentuckians, said, nah, they weren't digging that idea. So Waverly Hills remained closed for about 20 years, falling into this eerily abandoned state of disrepair and decay. And the future of the hospital on the hill was unknown. That was until 2001, when current owners Charlie and Tina Mattingly purchased it. That same year, a newspaper article was published about the countless local legends about Waverly Hills being haunted. And there was an on-site taping of Fox's scariest places on Earth. Groups worked in the following years to renovate the property. And as time passed, haunting encounters at the hospital spread worldwide. These volunteers were having their own ghostly encounters inside Waverly Hills, seeing apparitions walking into empty rooms, only to follow them and see that they had disappeared. Inside, feeling like you're being watched. And with every experience, the legend of Waverly Hills continued to grow. The Mattingleys founded the Waverly Hills Historical Society two years later, and it was apparent that those who passed away within the walls of Waverly Hills never truly left. Many people referred to Waverly Hills as one of the most haunted places in the world. Thousands visit it every year, some interested in the history, the architecture, but others, they come for the paranormal activity. They want to investigate. Many skeptics have visited Waverly Hills and walked away believers. The paranormal stories out of this place are eerie. And it's no wonder the now infamously chilling body shoot is where many visitors have their paranormal encounters. One of the most common reports at Waverly Hills is visitors will hear the sounds of children's laughter coming from abandoned, empty parts of the hospital. There's no children around. Doors slam on their own. People will see figures, faces in the windows of empty rooms. Another increasingly common occurrence at Waverly Hills is seeing shadow figures. One of our very own listeners of the podcast, named Amanda, went on a tour of Waverly Hills and experienced this terror firsthand. What she didn't know was that her paranormal experience would last much longer than just the tour. And she gives us a glimpse into the haunting of Waverly Hills. Amanda writes, Hi there, my name is Amanda, and I have a weird ghost story that can't quite be explained away. And I'm a pretty big skeptic. My mom and I went to Waverly Hills back in 2014 to do a ghost tour at night. I was the only one in the group that wasn't creeped out, and I kept questioning the logic of what the tour guide was saying. So when he said to go down a hall where a bunch of shadow creatures were supposed to lurk, I immediately volunteered. He told me to go all the way down in almost pitch darkness, turn around, and stretch my arms out as though I were balancing on something. So I did. As I started walking back, my mom called out, Amanda, hurry up, get back here now. The rest of the people were gasping nervously. And when I came back, the tour guide spookily asked if I felt anything creepy. When I said no, he seemed disappointed because everyone in the group saw a large shadow in the shape of a huge man following me down the dim hallway right behind me. There was nothing to explain it away. I was a little shocked because my mom, who is usually as skeptical as I am, was scared and wanted me close to her side. 
I know this is weird to say, but once I got home, everything got worse and worse in my life for years. And to this day, I still wonder if I took that creature home with me. Due to the fact that my life was filled with such negativity, it was a serious concern of mine. This all happened in 2014, and the negativity escalated to such a degree that four years later, I had a huge breakdown with terrifying hallucinations and delusions in 2018. The terrifying negativity finally disappeared at the end of 2019 when we moved. We'd always lived in Michigan, and Waverly Hills is in Kentucky. But we finally moved out of the house where the negativity started five years earlier, and the eerie phenomenon didn't follow us when we moved an hour away, so that was a huge relief. She said that shadow figures are no joke. Ugh, her story gives me chills. And this is a lot of people's worst fear when visiting haunted spots. Am I gonna take something home with me? Cause I don't want that. And I'm just so glad that whatever it was is out of her life because that is really, really scary. Amy Bruni and Adam Barry of Kindred Spirits Investigations said when they made their first visit to Waverly Hills, they were struck immensely by an overwhelming and powerful feeling of desperation in the nurse's wing of the hospital. On the third floor, years back, a man and his dog who had entered the hospital in its years it was sitting vacant and abandoned were sleeping inside and reportedly fell down an elevator shaft. Now, there are conflicting reports here. Some say that the man was actually pushed by someone or something. In the years since, one of the owners, Tina Mattingly, and many other visitors have reported seeing the ghost of a man and his dog wandering the halls of Waverly Hills. One evening, Tina recalled, after wrapping up a tour, she was making her way back down one of the dark hallways by herself to lock up for the evening. When she turned and looked down the corridor to see a very tall man standing there, he had long hair, he was thin, and then, as she watched, he vanished. So Tina continued down the hallway, seeing that the figure had snuck into one of the rooms. And as she made her way down the hallway, she looked down to see a dog. She said it looked like a white German shepherd lying on the floor. She started to call out to the dog, but it vanished from eyesight within moments. Spooky! Another very common experience inside Waverly Hills is seeing a man in a doctor's uniform wandering the halls. One paranormal investigator was on the fourth floor of the hospital one evening and looked down a hallway to watch as a figure donned in a white doctor's coat walking straight into one of the treatment rooms as if he were just going to work. On the third floor, there are reports of a little boy named Timmy. It's said that his spirit cannot move on and he continues to play at Waverly with many visitors bringing him a toy ball to play with. Some have even said they've been hit with a ball it being thrown at them out of nowhere. Another chilling entity inside Waverly Hills is called the Creeper. It's said he crawls along the walls and floors. Many believe that the Creeper is a darker entity than the rest at Waverly. Many believe it's demonic. It's one thing to see a ghost walking along the hallway, just like you and me, but crawling up the wall? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No. The fifth floor of the hospital, the top level, was used to house the patients whose infection had spread to the brain, rendering many insane. Room 502 is a particular hotspot and reportedly has a pretty grim history. And this is a place where people frequently see shapes moving in the windows, hearing disembodied voices, 
One story says that one nurse in 1928 died just outside room 502. And just a few years later, in 1932, another nurse spent her final moments in the same room. Then she either reportedly jumped or was shoved off the fifth floor patio. Another really strange paranormal occurrence inside Waverly is while visiting, numerous people have reported seeing visions of themselves or people they know performing deeds much against their nature. For example, a man walking through will see a startling vision of himself harming his wife, something that he would never do. These visions are understandably really scary for those experiencing them. And overall, really bizarre. I've never heard anything like that before. Today, as you enter Waverly Hills, it's even more eerie on the inside than it appears on the outside. With rusted lighting fixtures hanging from the ceiling, paint peeling off its graffiti-marked walls, and a musty smell. If you walk around at night, the only illumination of its dark corridors will come from your tour guide's flashlight and the moon barely visible through the trees. Many say they feel a sense of creepiness, but also despair while walking around Waverly Hills. Equally frightening and sorrowful. A tour of Waverly Hills is not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. I've heard many stories of people choosing to take the overnight tour, starting around midnight and staying inside Waverly until about 6 a.m. I... I don't think I could do that. I think I could do a day tour, but if I did a night tour and I saw that creeper entity crawling up the wall, I would have a heart attack. From what I've seen and heard, a lot of the activity at Waverly Hills seems to be that of a residual haunting. Apparitions reported will be like moving pictures and typically will be seen in the same spots, walking down the same hallways, appearing in the same windows, doing the same motions over and over. A great example of this is seeing the man in the doctor's coat walking into treatment rooms. It's just like another day at work for him. On this supernatural loop, these spirits seem to be unaware of the living people around them. Their scenes play over and over through the years. Many of the locations where these hauntings take place experience an event, and these events imprint themselves on the atmosphere of the place itself. And this event can play itself at various times, just as a recording would. The events are not always visual either. They're often replayed as smells or sounds, noises that have no apparent explanation. Much of this activity could relate to traumatic events that had taken place in that area. This is why so many battlefields, crime scenes, and areas related to violence have become famous for their hauntings. Taking all this into consideration, it's not a shock that a place like Waverly Hills, that had seen so much pain and suffering, would be so haunted and have so much paranormal activity. It's all really interesting to think about. But that creeper spirit... The shadow figures, those entities, don't feel residual to me. That seems darker, more sinister. All in all, there's a good reason why Waverly Hills is regarded as one of the most historically haunted places in the United States. But what about you? Have you ever visited Waverly Hills? If you have, I would love to hear about it. And if not, would you be down to go? Let me know in the comments. This episode has come highly requested by so many of you. So I'm really excited to hear your experiences. And thank you so much for all your sweet comments and support. You all mean the world to me. And be sure to let me know what haunted spots you'd like to see next on Avery After Dark. 
Next episode, I've got major spooks coming your way. Can't wait to see you then. And as always, I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark.